This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership. KTCK AM Dallas-Fort Worth. KTCK FM Flower Mound. A Cumulus Media Station. So Rick always tells this story. It was really funny. Rick, whenever Rick and I go play golf, he he has to drive. Has to drive. Never. I don't know if you've ever noticed. He has to drive. Really? And he sucks. Like <laughs> driving the golf cart? He sucks. What? <laughs> Love him to death. Okay. Love him to death. So he's he's not here to defend himself. So I feel like you ought to you ought to tell people why you think he sucks at driving golf carts. So I, I have to say, I, I'm not the hugest soccer fan hugest. in the world. Again, we're not just blanket discussing lesbian. I, I enjoy Arkansas. My wife will dance with anybody. This segment brought to you by Ying Ling Beer and Louisiana Golf. You know, yingling is one word. Yeah. Okay. Did I? Yingling. <laughs> Ying. It's it's not a, a Chinese beer. Yingling. <laughs> it's <laughs> yingling. <laughs> Abu Dabu. Table, howdy ho, and good Thanksgiving extended holiday weekend. It is around 8 o'clock on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, the ticket, Saturday morning, November 25th. And if it's around this day, around this time, then more than likely you have the T-Box going on 30 years. I'm Rick Arnett. Today we have a twosome, Craig Rosengarten. He's uh, spending Thanksgiving with his family back in Maryland. Hope he's having a good time. And Eli Jordan, editor extraordinaire, pretty darn good golfer, great power fade, joins us today. Good morning, DFW. Did you and get it, Rick? Did you get enough uh, turkey and everything? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty pretty good little Thanksgiving. We had uh, way too much food as usual, uh, but everybody did good. The the turkey turned out nice. I did a brisket for the family. It was good. Uh, yeah, so lots of sides. Beautiful. Lots of uh, wine. Way too many sides. Beverages. So yeah, it was. Uh, it was overall a very, uh, very successful Thanksgiving. So and had enough brisket left over that I'm going to make some uh, brisket chili probably tomorrow. There you go. It's going to be cold, so I'm going to get a little cold front tomorrow and be perfect chili weather. Are you a before the Cowboy game feaster or after? Uh, my mother-in-law is a two o'clock. Oh, and we got so about an hour and a half. Yeah, so we got uh, we actually sat down. I think about two fifteen, but we finished right before the Cowboy game started. Okay. So okay, good. I, I'm not real sure why Thanksgiving is the only day of the year where people just decide that lunch is all of a sudden at two o'clock, <laughs> or like or one dinner, dinners at four thirty. Uh-huh. Like it's it's very bizarre that we decide to alter our eating plans for just one day. I think it has to do when you have family together. It's whatever the olds want, and the olds tend to eat early. Yeah, that could be the case. Yeah, it gets dark at early. I'm fine with two o'clock as long as as long as I'm either done with lunch before the Cowboy game or we wait until the game is over. I'm fine with either one. But gotcha. I don't want uh, football during the meal. No, nah, no. Nah. Uh, we have Michael Corkum. He's our uh, fill-in extraordinaire 
for uh, Kern, who's doing the SMU game today. We're on until 10.25 today. Yeah, go ponies. Whether you like that or not. Well, you got uh, Navy today, I think? I think so. The midshipmen. Yes. And so good to have you here. And back at the station, E.A. Azad. What's up, guys? So this is a, kind of an ongoing trend. Are you kind of the de facto board op now? I have no idea. Talk to Killer. Seems to be a... He hasn't told you anything, but you seem to be on the list. I think it's because SMU plays in the morning. And you have to do SMU? I'm the only one trained to do SMU. Trained. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, very good. Uh, Dylan Reed, I believe, is going to do tickers today. Twice good morning. Hour. Morning to you. Yeah. Everybody okay? Everybody had a good Thanksgiving? Stuffed. Oh, yeah. All right. So I have a question. As I drive in today, I drive in from Grapevine. By the way, we're at Crest Cars. Crestcars.com up in Frisco. <laughs> Right in between Legacy and the Tollway off the Highway 121. And we'll be here for the next two and a half hours. And uh, got Infinity, got Volvo, got Cadillac. They have some sweet pre-owned deals on certified pre-owns on Infinity. You get up to a 100,000-mile warranty. It's pretty darn good. Pretty solid. Yeah. And if you uh, do a lease like I do with Infinity, they wash your car for free. And yes, they do. You know, this time of year, you always get the uh, underinflated tires mm-hmm. thing going because mm-hmm. it's a little cooler at night. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they'll juice the tires for you and wash it, and that's what they're doing right now with mine. So. There you go. Yeah. A little pampering. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a spa day for your car. Indeed. So here's my question. So I drive from Grapevine. It takes me about tw- uh, 25 minutes in this time of day. And I get about three miles away, and I realize I forgot my phone. And I'm wrestling with the idea, do I want to go back and get it or just, I mean, it's not, I'm, not being, I'm not leaving for like a week. You know, and there's, but there's nobody else with me that we can use their phone or I can use their phone. So I'm curious, how far would you guys go before, and I guess it depends on how long you wouldn't have it, before you say, you know, I've got to turn around and go get this thing. Yeah, it, it depends on how long you would be without it. If I, for example, would have, and I'm in Arlington, so mm-hmm. it's probably 45 minutes for me to get up here mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning with no traffic. Uh, I'm going to say if I was much like space travel, if you're beyond <laughs> the point of no return, right, right. then that, that's about, I'm saying one mile further than halfway and I'm just leaving it. And I'll deal with it when I get home. Yeah. If, if it was going to be all day, like if I knew I was going to be up here, if for some reason I was going to. You're going to a game or, yeah, or, or like, golf or right. going to play golf. Let's say I was going to the SMU game or something after this. Mm-hmm. It was going straight to Dallas, and I'd probably go home and get it just because you can't be without any way to text or communicate or if you're going to Uber or Lyft or do any of that stuff. You have to have a phone to do it from. So, Or in my case, if you're driving, I always think that's when Armageddon occurs. Yeah. You get in a wreck, something happens, and you just can't get a hold of anybody. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So I, I did go back Yeah, just because it was nagging at me. And if I've learned anything in my 66-plus years on this planet, listen to your gut. Yeah. Just listen to your Th- gut. There is a little bit of Murphy's Law to that as well. Like the one day that, that is you're true. like, okay, I left my phone at home. Ah, it's not going to be any big deal. That would be the day where, like, you had a flat mm-hmm. or there just some something would happen where you'd have to call somebody and not have it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. But as far as I live away from here, I'm saying that if I'm more than halfway, I'm probably just going to risk it and say, well, I'll, I'll deal with it for a couple hours. I guess the other question, too, is how many, how many people in your, in your cell contact list – their number you remember. I'm going to say I've probably got. I'd have five. I'm going to say I've got ten to fifteen probably. Really? Memorized. Yeah. 
Interesting. Well, because most of most of my close friends have had the same numbers for okay fifteen years back when you actually did kind of have to remember them. Yep. So, and of course, my parents, Steph, and probably seven or eight of my close friends. So yeah, I'm gonna say probably at least ten. Yeah, probably five or six for me. Yeah, I just hit the old contact button. Uh, but I mean, the thing is, though, is let's say you do remember the numbers, you're gonna have to like try and ask somebody to borrow their phone. Because exactly. There's no like pay phones no. anymore where you can pull over and be like, "Hey, man, I've got to make a quick call." You you have to either borrow someone's or you got to find a landline or somebody that's willing to let you use their business phone. You know, it's almost like you want to. It's almost like you want to buy a burner just to keep it in your car or whatever, just in case. I don't know. I don't even know what they cost. I've never had a burner. I only see it on, I, on all my favorite TV shows. Date, Dateline, yeah. <laughs> yes. The guy's leading the double life and has the burner phone. Yeah. I don't even know what they cost. All right. Let's get this show on the road. Uh, this is also sponsored by our lead sponsor, PGA Tour Superstores 4 in town. And don't forget that 50 off 250 holiday uh, season is nigh upon us. Mm-hmm. Don't forget that uh, sale rack. They've usually got towards the back of the Heck store. yeah. They're trying to offload, I think, some of their, like, leftover summer stuff right now. I found a great pair of shorts there last week for, like, 20 bucks. Like a nice. brand-name pair of shorts, not like the, you know, kind of the off-brand that you've never heard of. Wasn't Not the ones that go down past your calves? Uh, correct, yes. Like, good good <laughs> quality diggers. shorts. And they were they had gone from, I don't know, like 75, 80 bucks to, like, nice. 20 bucks. So, there yeah. you go. Don't forget to check that out. 50 off 250. Just mention T-Box when you check out. All right, let's get this thing going. We have a lot of stuff to get to today, a lot of golf, uh, amazingly enough. Let's start off with a guy who can't seem to get anything right. Well, I'll tell you why next on the ticket. So this is what it feels like to get up every day when the Rangers are World Series champions. We're still not over it. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, the ticket. 814. Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310. The ticket is the tee box. Live from Press Cars, you've got Eli Jordan, Rick Arnett. Craig is visiting the fam mm-hmm. up in Baltimore, so he is off this weekend. Rick, what would you do for $600 million? We'll talk about that at 830. Yes, we will. Uh, but this- first, this uh, segment brought to you by Invited Clubs. And you brought this up, and I think uh, it at least it warrants mentioning. It's so ironic. So, Very much so. So Patrick Cantley might be, well, if you read about uh, what Rory thinks of him and some other people, and I always, I respect him as a golfer. He's pretty darn good. The downside is he just looks like he's always smells something putrid. He never smiles. He never. He's very thoughtful in interviews. I will give him that. But he just doesn't have that likability. He's got kind of the male equivalent of uh, resting bitch face. Yeah. If you've ever heard that term. Where, yeah. Like, you just kind of see the, the, the lady that just always looks like she's kind of irritated uh-huh. by something. No matter what, right? Yeah. So, and then with the uh, whole Ryder Cup bit where he didn't want to wear a hat, and the rumor was he didn't want to wear a hat because it wasn't getting paid. And, I, you know, and again, I'm one of these guys, I don't care if millionaires are making more millions. I'm not fretting about them getting slighted or, or getting hosed on a deal. No. But, like I said, great golfer. But here's what I find interesting. So Goldman Sachs Investment Company out in Wall Street, for the last uh, three years or so, has, has been his hat in, uh, sponsor, which if you talk to anybody in marketing, they'll tell you that the hat is the most valuable piece of real estate on a golfer. 
Yes, I could see that. And that is why you often see the golfer that when they take their sunglasses off, they'll put it on, on the, the back hat. of their hat. Uh-huh. It's because they don't want to cover up the sponsor on the front. So they have decided not to renew his contract. Now, I guess he's going to be still doing um, corporate outings, things like that. But he's got to find a new sponsor. And my question is, given everything that's, I guess, everything that's going on with bang for the buck. And, you, and we'll talk about this later today when uh, the players got their PIP money, their player impact program bonuses, and how they measured that. Well, part one of them is Nielsen ratings. Now, how much airtime are you getting? How much exposure? Now, I would say more often than not, Cantley's getting a lot of exposure. It's usually atop the leaderboards, at least close to it. Um, so that's all you want, right? Yeah. I mean, it certainly is important to sponsors, yes, that you're on the television as much as possible wearing their logo. What's also interesting, he's, he doesn't have the only – deal he has now club-wise is uh, through Tylus and only with their golf ball. Hmm. Okay. So there's a lot of things that are going on with him, and I'm not sure what. Did you, did you happen to see what Goldman Sachs was supposedly paying him? No. It was over a million dollars. I, I wouldn't uh, a year to deny just, that. Yeah. To just to have their name on his hat. Well, to tell you, so let's harken back. So Brian Harmon, he, was, uh, he won the British Open this year, the Open Championship. Mm-hmm. And he his hat wound up being kind of a punchline. Do you remember his logo? I don't. Megacorp. Meg, God, it sounds so you, like something in The Simpsons. Sounds like something out of Robocop yeah. or something, right? Megacorp. Yeah. <laughs> and they're a distribution company. Logistics, distribution, you know, very generic. But when he was winning, their uh, exposure went up 5,000%. Yeah. So I mean, I find myself doing it when there is a... Uh, when I see a logo on a hat that I'm not familiar with, I'll oftentimes Google search it just to see quickly, what the heck just it is. See what it is. Yeah, I mean, and I I think I'm not the only one. I mean, advertising works. Can can, can I mean I don't know if negative advertising works. I mean, if if somebody let's say if if Cantley is not being the the fair haired child, and Goldman Sachs is saying, you know, why why are we sponsoring him, or you know, we're cutting back on this, and you know. I mean, I feel like Goldman Sachs is predominantly for the wealthy regardless. So, for me, like, I, I know what Goldman Sachs is, and I also know I do not have enough cash flow to invest anything with them. Mm-hmm. So, for me, when I see the Goldman Sachs ad, I'm like, okay, great. He's sponsored by Goldman Sachs. But if it's a smaller company that I've never heard of, I'm going to check it out and see what it is. Yeah. I mean, just at a, just just like Megacorp. Yes, like Megacorp. <laughs> Megacorp. And I'm going to go, okay, well, I don't need any logistics currently, but no. at least I know what Megacorp is now. I don't know. And, and, the, and if that dovetails into even uh, golf equipment uh, sponsorships, I think I've learned over time, and I think a lot of other golfers, no matter their handicap, that whatever they're playing ain't what you're going to get to play, nor do you have the talent to use it the way they do. No. And I don't see anything. I mean, I, don't, I haven't seen a driver in somebody's hand that I go, wow, okay, i got to get one of those because he's just striping it. Because they don't a lot. No, I can't think of, uh, of, of anyone that I've played with here recently that had a piece of equipment that I was like, you know what? That thing just, I mean, it, it's, it looks different than anything I'm playing. I better go get one, you know. 
So does it matter to you? So we get fitted for clubs. Um, we do it about every three years, maybe something like that, depending on who our sponsor is. Right now, it's Rickson. Mm-hmm. Thanks to them. Um, I always try and go in blind. I don't want to know because I think marketing does play with your head and it can sway your opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And so I don't tell me what I'm hitting and just tell me what, uh, tell me what I hit the best. Thank you, sir. Got some nice grub here from lab 23 kitchen. He's the new guy here in town on crest at crest cars. Yes. Come by and while you're getting your, uh, looks delightful. It does look delightful. There you go. Uh, so, as far as marketing goes, I think it's a – you want to do it. You want to be top of mind. And they used to say back – if you ever took Business 101, is was marketing effective? Well, they always said 50% isn't. Well, you don't know which one is. So you'd be you'd be hard-pressed to, to guess the wrong way. Sure. Right? Yeah, I got you. So, so you just got to put it out there. But something like Cantley or – I mean, I outside of like a Ricky Fowler uh, outfit – I'm not sure what moves the needle anymore, even even with it, whatever John Rahm's playing or Rory. or I don't think it matters. I mean, you can look like them. You can wear their apparel, yeah. which seems to be the, the easiest thing. I mean, I think, I think to an extent it does. I mean, I think the, the top-tier players, I think that there are, there are amateurs that want to play the same thing that Tiger plays or Scotty Scheffler plays or Jordan plays. And, and I think there are, there are – Amateur players that will go to their grave wanting to play a certain kind of golf ball because they perceive it to be the best, even though it may not be the best one for them. Or their wallet. Or the, Right. Or, or yeah, exactly. So spend I mean, ten I, minutes looking for a golf ball yeah. because it's five bucks. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that there are, there are amateurs that are 100% like that, that if they see Brooks Kepka playing Stricks on Irons, that's what they're going to go buy. See, and I think the benefit would be, okay, that's – Maybe one of them I want to see in the mix. Just don't tell me when I'm hitting it. Yeah. You know, I said, you know, those, those clubs look really good on the ground. They look great, really, whoops, really good at a dress. So give me, what, give me that, but just don't tell me what it is. Yeah, I mean, but I think get, that get we, in the mix. We, we've been around the game so much that you know what brand you're looking at more often than not. Even if they didn't have any branding on them, mm-hmm. you'd know what the club was. Because Ping has a very specific look. Srixon has a very specific look. Titleist clubs have a very specific look. And I think you would probably know tailor-made clubs have a very specific look. Yeah, I guess. So it, it's very hard to, even if you were to try and, as you say, just kind of fly blind and, and, not, and not commit to one particular brand, you're still going to know which one is which probably when you're, when you're hitting them. Is there anybody on tour that you typically, now that we've had some bad guys move over to, to live anybody on tour the you typically don't root for them if they're in the hunt did i just don't pull for them? Yeah. no i can't really think of anybody that i'm just actively rooting against um yeah i mean i, I think patrick reed was probably one of the few that i was just like eh, i just and DeShambo at some point he was polarizing see i never really i never really found DeShambo to be that I liked him. Big of a beating. I, I kind of enjoyed his bit of just trying to see how far he could hit it. I think that made it fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, think he's just, I think he's just wired differently, which I think is also interesting for the game. See, if he was poor, he'd be crazy. But now he's rich, he's eccentric. It's correct. Yeah, eccentric that's, is okay. That's exactly right. So, yeah, I never really – I mean, I wasn't actively rooting for or against him. 
So, no, I can't really think of anybody, really, that, that is on the current PGA roster that I'm just – if I see him at the top of the leaderboard, I'm like, oh, man, anybody but him. I think I, look for, I, think I root for situations. Like, I'd really like to see Rory win a Masters. Sure. Yeah, I, right? think, I think most people would. Maybe yeah. Spieth to win a PGA, get his career. Grand Slam. Just, yeah, just because it's, it's noteworthy and, and there's nothing wrong with those guys. Um, they're, they're very popular. Yeah. I, I just, uh, I'm just trying to find guys that are so popular. And again, again, we'll get into that PIP money later, which is astronomical, and how they come up with that, uh, those figures. But, uh, yeah, with Cantley being hatless right now, um, or uh, let's say sponsorless, you know, every once in a while, I'll see guys on tour without a without a sponsor on their hat. I just go, hmm, I wonder if they're it's like what's to- going like on Tony there? Romo. He's just always <laughs> wearing like the generic black like starter starter hat cap. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so yeah, I don't know how many guys have we seen that have have gone like long spells on the tour without wearing a hat. Ollie Snyder, Johns, did he? Didn't he go hatless? for He a went while? hatless for a while. Uh, Robert, Robert, Robert Rock, Rock was yeah. a hatless guy for a while. They had great hair though. That's true. Yeah, that helps. Yeah, it does. But yeah, yeah if you're going to get a million dollars or whatever, and then descending value depending on how how where you stand on the tour, um, why wouldn't you? I mean, you know, and I think to an extent, even even some of the the lower tier guys, even if you're talking Corn Ferry Tour, I think that you will see Srix on or Titleist or TaylorMade. They will say, hey, you know, we'll give you the equipment. Right. We'll give you as much stuff as you need, whether it be golf balls or. You know, and we irons, will, and if you'll wear our apparel, and we'll wear bonus you depending on your results. Right, correct. And again, I I think that's how that works. Even even to the point where I think you know some of the smaller companies that a company like Wilson may come in and say, hey, if you'll play our golf balls, we'll give you forty grand a year. You know, I think some of the guys, it's hard for them to say no because they're trying to pay for their travel and they're trying to pay for their expenses. And as long as the golf ball isn't so out there that there's no way they could hit it. Well, I mean, you well, saw you saw Bubba Watson. What happened? Million to him. dollars. Yeah, I mean, Volvic. with the Volvic golf balls that you know, would he play them for a year? And then yep. it's like, yeah, this ain't this ain't gonna work. And I find that funny, just yeah. because I most of the guys we play with, I'm not sure golf balls matter. Honestly, honestly, not much. I mean, I, I, I mean, think if they I, have a weird finish or a weird you know color, maybe that throws you off. But I, I do feel like that the when you do get into the premium golf ball, I, I do feel like they have a little better feel around the greens. And I do feel like there are a couple of brands that are a little bit longer off the tee. And if you go and do any kind of research, scientifically, it's proven that they are five, six, seven yards longer off the tee than some of their competitors. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there are certain balls that are high end that do give you a little bit of an advantage, but you still have to execute the shot. Agreed. Agreed. So we'll keep uh, keep an eye on it. Probably not too big an eye, but um, it's you know it's it's money, it's exposure, and if one company decides that a top flight player isn't worth it, I find that always kind of interesting. Yeah. Right? All right, eight twenty seven on the ticket. That was sponsored by Arcus Golf. Greatness of Arcus Golf. They have so many courses here in town at all different price ranges. Be sure to check one out in your area. All right, up next. When is six hundred million dollars worth it? The NFL is on the ticket this Monday night at 6.30 after the hard line. Justin Fields and the Bears battle Josh Dobbs and the Vikings in an NFC North matchup. The NFL, brought to you by SodaWeightLoss.com, Mark Spain Real Estate, and Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, the ticket. Tiger is going to be playing next week, scheduled to. 
at his Hero World Challenge. We'll talk about that at 8.50. This segment brought to you by the Texas Junior Golf Tour in the city of Arlington Golf Course. We'll be at Tierra Verde on December the 9th. Will we now? Yes, we whiz. That is my, uh, what I would call my home course. There you go. That's where I go practice and play a good bit down there. So You are, you are a uh, proud resident of Arlington. I am. Very much so. Long time. Mm-hmm. That's Eli Jordan. I'm Rick Arnett. This is the T-Box. We're Crest Cars, CrestCars.com today, Infinity, Cadillac, and Volvo. Some great specials. This is getting to be the end of the year, what they call nut-cutting time. And this is where they try and make all their quotas so they can get more incentives for next year and more inventory. So it behoove you to come by and check out the great rides, even the uh, certified pre-owns mm-hmm. that are out here. And they've even well. got the holiday bows on all of the Infinities that we're yes, looking at. Yes, they so do. If you want to be that guy in the commercial that drives the car up to the to the wife and it's got the big bow right on the hood. And then she says, ah, it's the wrong color. <laughs> Why does she have to sound like that? <laughs> Why does she have to sound like the ultimate Karen? Because <laughs> that's what an ultimate Karen would say. Okay. Right? Okay. So, in the news this week. And I find it, I find it interesting. I'm not sure if it's going to come to fruition, because John Rahm, who might be just about the most popular player on tour now, pretty close. I mean, if you judge anything against Tiger, everybody comes in last. Yeah, it, it appears. But between Rory and uh, Scotty and Justin, and I guess. Rom, and you know you, you have some high highfalutin players. Yeah, Jordan, Ricky, I think would be on that mm-hmm. list. I mean, yeah, there's there's maybe a you know seven eight guys I think that are all kind of jockeying for that most popular spot. And he seems to be, you know, over time he used to be one of the true hotheads on tour, and he's learned to tone that down. And as we were talking about uh, Patrick Cantley in the last uh, segment is that he's one of the more thoughtful guys on tour. He seems to bring the voice of reason, whether it's melding the live and uh, PGA tours or changing the format on maybe the live, or he just uh, he seems to be the bridge to everybody. Doesn't seem like to be an enemy, you know? He's, mm-hmm. he's, he wants everybody to be kumbaya. So the rumor is this week is he has been mulling over again the thought of going over to the Live Tour. At least that's the rumor. Yeah. There are some pretty wild numbers being thrown around as well. $400 million, $500 million, $600 million. I've seen up to $600 million is kind of That was the first kind of number that I saw, but since then I've seen a couple others, $400 million being uh, a pretty popular one. But, uh, okay, so... Without looking, and you may have—you've probably already looked this up, so you probably know the answer. But what do you think he's made in prize money in his career, John Rom? He's been what three years? He's been on tour. Yeah, three, four uh, years. Probably since f- fifteen or sixteen. Probably it's been probably seven, eight years. Probably. Ooh, uh, thirty-five to forty. Not bad. Fifty-one million is how okay. much, and that's just prize money, right? So that's not, not sponsorship pip. deals, not pip, any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying. He's probably worth probably making double that off the course. Probably he's probably worth 150 million. Probably, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's already got more money than he can spend. But is it the amount of money that these guys are looking for, or quote unquote, don't disrespect me? You know, I want to be paid what I'm worth, especially if so and so is getting this. Why aren't I getting that? 
And then it kind of turns into just one big pissing contest because you're right. How much is $150 million is generational money? Absolutely. And he's still only, what, like 30? Yeah, maybe. I mean, so he's still got 15 to 20 years, barring some sort of freak injury or something, of real earning potential. I mean, he's probably going to make five or $600 million before it's all said and done if he stays on the current trajectory. Only difference is... That money's not guaranteed, but if he goes to the live, it is. Allegedly. Right, (laughs) allegedly. Uh And and I I tend to believe that it probably is because I think the Saudis have so much money, I don't think it matters. I think they can do whatever they want. And don't be surprised if you start seeing some of this spill over into other major professional sports where you have a Saudi-backed organization that wants to try and buy an NFL team Mm -hmm. or an NBA franchise or an NHL franchise because they've got a lot of money and they seem almost hell-bent on dipping their toes into American sports as much as they possibly can. The difference would be is like when they uh, uh, invested into Manchester United, Mm -hmm. they would still be part of that league, so to speak. It's not a splinter league. They would just buy an NHL team or an expansion team. Right. So that's the big difference. There's no civil war. Although I'm now I'm more confused than ever if, is if the, the Live and the PGA Tour are actually going to coexist because they're not going to make that deadline by the end of the year. No. It, it, the whole thing has been very strange. And, and I'm, I'm almost to the point of pure exhaustion talking about Live versus PGA mm-hmm. because we seem to have made zero progress on anything that's supposed to happen. They were supposed to have this merger and this compromise and – and live and play and breathe together, and now it just seems like they're becoming even more splintered, and I don't know how that's going to work, especially if they're going to come in and start poaching the real top-tier guys, and, and they've already taken a couple of them, Cam Smith, and mm-hmm. you know, but, but I mean, going, yeah, going and getting Rom, I mean, that would be a huge blow for the PGA Tour. And then I'm trying to figure out... Uh, See, so he goes over to the live... His exposure is going to be way less. He's making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. so, And he also gets to play. In, I think the biggest thing is he's still exempt for five years of majors. Right. Because he won the Masters. That, I believe, is the one thing that is keeping most of these guys from exploring the live opportunity is they're worried that they would be shut out from majors. And guy, for guys like you mentioned Jordan Spieth, who mm-hmm. is a PGA championship away from winning the career Grand Slam, mm-hmm. that's probably super important to him. A guy like Will Zalatoris that, you know, has finished – top five in a few majors now. Probably wants to go and win a Masters. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys that haven't won major championships or they're a major short of the career Grand Slam, that's something they want to accomplish. And th- those are goals that they probably set when they were very young. And for some of them, it's probably hard to swallow. I may be giving all that up just to sell my soul to the almighty dollar. And I, I get it, man. If it's me, I'm $600 million. In fact, I think J.J. Watt had he come did. out and said that he would he would physically make John Rom sign that contract. That yeah, they live put near in front each other. of him. Uh huh. And, and I mean, I, I I do not blame these guys at all for taking the money, at all. But I what mean, floats your boat? Do you want to be again? In the beginning, he was all about I want my legacy to, to matter. I'm right. a big historian. I want yes. this and that. Now is that the PC thing to say? Yeah. Or but, but or, every, is, or is he to believe it? Everybody's got their price, man. I mean, I truly believe that everybody has their price for just about anything. How much are you willing to like to take to just say, you know what? Like this is so much that I cannot say no. But then I, I mean, right now, if somebody calls you and says, "All right, Rick Arnett, you, you don't ever get the broadcast on the ticket ever again," 
you know, we want you to come to work for us, and we're going to give you five dollars. Uh, we're going to give you six hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. You doing it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, I think most people would. I think so too. You know, I mean, I, if if there there gets to be a number where everyone's going to go, you know what? I can't say no to that. Yeah, I guess, and I'm I'm kind of surprised that they're still going through all this, which means that the Live and the, and the PGA Tour are still treading water. Because even if there's rumors out there that they're going to try and poach the best guys. And so let's say Rom, let's say Rom's offered half a billion dollars. Is Rory worth more than that? Probably not because he's older. That's what I'm thinking. Not much. A couple years. But along that same line of thinking. Did Scotty Scheffler. Wasn't there rumors that they offered Tiger something like $800 million? Yeah, they did. Yeah. I mean. And he wasn't even. He wasn't even. Pl- walking playing. on a peg leg. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it hasn't won anything had two in years. legs. So, I mean, I, no, I, I think if you're probably, if you're ranking them, Rom is probably the, about the top-ranked guy that they would want. Uh, I think Rory's probably up there as well, even though he's a little bit older. Um, Jordan, Scotty, Will Z. I mean, yeah, I think those are probably the guys that you're looking If we're doing – a tier system of like, okay, here's the tier one guys, here's the tier two guys, here's the tier three guys. I think there's five or six names that are probably in that tier one category. And then again, if they're not really playing, if they're not playing for anything that that wows public interest. What what's the upside to that? I totally outside agree. of the majors, outside of the majors, and if that's all anybody cares about anymore, I get it. But but I mean, if you look at the world top ten right now, you've got Scotty, Rory, John Rahm. Victor Hovland is fourth. All those guys, I think, would be command four hundred million plus, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Then you go to Patrick Canley. What's his value to live to her? Probably not much. No. Xander Shoffley, does he really move the needle? Maybe a little. Max Homa, eh. Maybe. Matt Fitzpatrick, eh. Brian Harmon, probably not. Wyndham Clark, probably not. And so I think you've got maybe five or six names there that that could command that kind of cash. Okay, but outside outside of the majors, when do you really read about Brooks Kepka? Except, except when he's mad because they they want to change formats or, the, or now their new schedule doesn't look robust enough. Right, for him. Or, or his wife is posting some bikini photo on Instagram where yeah. butts eating her thong bikini. <laughs> I mean, nobody, nobody, you're right. Nobody talks about him that much unless it's something like that. And so, same, th- same thing with Mickelson. I mean, the only time you really hear anybody talking about Phil at this point is if he gets into a Twitter war with Alan Shipnock. Although it isn't amazing, he st- I, st- I have to be reminded of this. He still came in second in the Masters. I, yes. Isn't that crazy? It is. So I, I don't know what the upside to any of this is, quite honestly. I, I, there isn't I, one except for the guys that are going to sign a, a, a contract that's worth half a billion dollars. But do you think I'd think the Saudis aren't that lame that they would say, I'm going to sign this guy. Is, is less exposure on the PGA Tour better for us, even though nobody's following us? Are you, is it a law of attrition? I mean, I don't know what it is. I, I, they have to think that if we can poach enough of these big-name guys – that people will just flat out stop watching the PGA events and they'll switch it over to the live. So let's say uh, let's say Rom wants he wants to go to a better, uh, more universal format so they can get uh, world ranking points. Mm-hmm. So he wants to go to a seventy two hole tournament, maybe cuts every once in a while. I don't know. But uh, would if that was his stipulation, would live capitulate? 
Because that, that's her whole bit, right? Or is yeah, it probably get, not. And who votes on it? Right. That's what they. That's how they've sold it to all these guys that have already signed with them. Is hey, you're getting paid way more money for not as much work. It's a lot more laid back. You can wear shorts. You can listen to, you know, music while you're playing. And the purses are gigantic. And and, and it's less golf. It's less stressful. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's something to watch. I mean, it's and it's kind of a salacious uh, headline. Because when somebody like Rom or Rory or Jordan or Victor, uh, the guys you know by first name, um, and they're being rumored, then all hell breaks loose. I just don't know if it has enough juice okay, to so come Okay, so official prediction right now, do you think John Rom plays any live tournaments? Ever? Or just in the next – I mean, he defects Ever. this year. Ever. Ever. <sighs> uh. I, I'll say no, except if they capitulate in, in to all his demands, whatever that is. Yeah, format or whatever, or bring more people on board. Or let's Boy, kumbaya with the PGA Tour. If they offer you six hundred million, though, you may not have many demands. You may just say, you know what, sounds good to me. Where do I sign? Yeah, or you can be the ultimate, uh, uh, you know, sit on your principles. Yeah, you can be haggle guy, I guess, and say, well, all right, either. I'll, I'll do it for $500 million, but you've got to make these changes, or you've got to bump it to 800 and I'll do it the way you want me to do it. Yeah, and then at that point, I think every, it just goes on deaf ears. Who cares at that point? Especially because yeah. he's in the majors mm-hmm. for five years, and chances are he might win another one. I'll give him another five years. Yeah. So, there you go. All right, 847 on the ticket. That was brought to you by uh, Pure Swing Golf. And the Dallas Golf Expo. Yeah, we're running it on uh, March 22nd through the 21st. 24th at um, Market Hall. So go to uh, DallasGolfExpo.com if you want to be a uh, presenter, mm-hmm. get a booth, or you want to sponsorship opportunities, exhibitors, yeah, volunteers. Yep. Let us know. There you go. All right, up next, Tiger is actually going to play next week. How much are we watching next on the ticket? Step onto the observation deck with the great Gordo and the Musers this Monday morning at 6.15 on Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Tick. 8.55, Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Tickets. It is The Tee Box. Live this morning at Crest Cars, Eli Jordan, Rick Arnett. Got about another hour and a half or so in the presentation for you as we go until 10.30 this morning as we prepare for Smooth. the Ponies as they take on the Navy Midshipmen. they still undefeated in their their uh, conference? I believe so. What are they, 8-2? Undefeated. 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 See? Says EA. I do check in. Thank you, EA. That is uh, EA Zod. And also uh, we have Dylan Reed doing tickers twice an hour and Michael Corkum doing engineering out here at yes, Crest yes, Cars. Yes, indeed. This segment brought to you by the golf clubs at the Tribute and the all-new 2024 Avid Golfer Passbook, which is available now. Yeah. www.myavidgolfer.com. It's the lowest price. It'd be for November only. So I would check that out because it's a wonderful stocking stuffer. All right, 910, a little holiday talk, specifically what guys would do given their druthers. Is that a word, druthers? I don't know. I don't know either. All right. But first, it's been a while since Tiger has played after mangling his leg and just uh, the amazing thing. I had to go back and look that he uh, made the cut at both the Masters and the Genesis. Mm -hmm. The question was going to be how long was he going to last? 
It was a, it was a war of attrition with his leg. Didn't he WD after the third round of the Masters, though? I believe so. I think he made the cut and then withdrew because, it, remember, it got really chilly like yep. that one morning and his leg was, wasn't. And he was going to get up too early. Yeah, his uh-huh. leg wasn't cooperating. So I think, he, I think he pulled out of the Masters. But he did make the cut. He did make the cut. And I think on the number or maybe by one. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and again, part of it is just that. Of all the courses that he could have played, he probably knows that one the best. Mm-hmm. But it's also the biggest challenge because of the elevation. Physically taxing, yes. Yeah. So that was, that's what was intriguing for a second about the TGL that he and Rory put together. It kind of indoor golf. And <sighs> because he never, had to, he never had to walk. He just had to hit shots. Which we'll talk a little bit more about that in later. Second, but uh-huh. they had a, uh, had a bit of a delay. So... So he's playing in the Hero World Challenge. It's his event. It's a no-cut event. Does get world ranking points based uh, pretty much on him asking or demanding. So his odds are four plus four thousand, which uh, you said is four hundred one. Mm-hmm. He has the most betting liability with the uh, uh, sports books. Fourteen point one of all tickets have bet on that. People still want to believe, don't they? Well, they figure, why not? I mean, I, I could see maybe one round, but, man, I can't see four. I, I, I would tend to agree at this point that, yeah, there's probably too much firepower in the field, and I, I, you just really don't know what he's got left. And I get it. He's still Tiger Woods, and these are the, you know, the same. He's built similar to Michael Jordan or Tom Brady. Like, there's a handful of guys that, like, you just be would – like foolish to bet against. Yep. He's one of them. But, man, just. He's the one you put a flyer on. <sighs> Even though you know in your heart of hearts, it's, I'm, just, I'm just lighting this on fire. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. If I, I got to say, if I, was, if I was in Vegas right now and just happened to be there, I might, I might throw down a saw buck on him just for, you know, grins. I think what I would do, I would, I would play it differently. I would bet it on scoring. What's he over-under on birdies, pars, bogeys? Right. You know, does he break par? How much does he break par by? All that kind of stuff. I, but to have him go 72 holes and be near the leaders, I don't care if it's a cut or, or not, I mm-hmm. just don't see that happening. I just don't. But it's going to going to attract some eyeballs. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt. In fact, during this time, this is the time of year typically – Well. I can't remember when the Skins game ended. Ooh, boy. Been a while. Early 2000s? Something like that. This was yesterday and today was the uh, Skins game bit. Mm-hmm. It was always on Thanksgiving or the day after. And it was yeah. fun. I liked it. It was nine holes each. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of a, a must-see until it wasn't. Because when they start jumping the shark, it's like any TV show. I mean, you run out of ideas after a while. Or the guys you want to play don't. And uh, so you deal with that. But. You know, <clears throat> we'll talk about this in a little while, about the PIP, the Player Impact Program, because something happened that hasn't happened in the last two to three years. Looks like the last Skins game was 2008. Okay. Who was in that? <laughs> I could give you a billion guesses and you'd never get it. It was K.J. Choi and Stephen Ames. And? That's it. The Skins game? Mm-hmm. Well, they used to have a foursome, yeah. if I remember. If you, if you go further back and see uh, all the way back to 2002, it was Marco Mira, Phil Mickelson, yeah. 
2001, there were, see, Norman Woods, Parnovic Montgomery. I don't, you know, I don't remember them being just paired up. Mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I'd lost interest by that point. Uh, probably so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. So Tiger's going to suit up. And here's what's interesting. When he was playing this year, earlier this year, what was underrated was how good his driving was. He was still pounding the heck out of it, even though he was pretty much hitting off one leg. Yeah. I don't know how he did that. And he didn't look like he was swinging any harder or anything. But, you know, they said he was keeping up with Rory. And I, to me, that's still amazing. It's, you know, what could have, should have, would have, if, uh, if Tiger hadn't had all those issues, whatever it was, on or off the course. Yeah. Um, who knows where he would be. Uh, I think it's just so difficult to handle that type of intrusive fame without messing you up. I mean, some people can, can handle it. They can? But, but very few. Not to that extent. I mean, if you, you maybe can handle fame, but you stay below the radar. Tiger never stayed below the radar. No. I mean, I, you know. I, Couldn't help it because everyone. Using Tom Brady again as an example. He's true. I mean, you know, he's had the, the one divorce, I guess. But Two. it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a ugly, you know. He's never been on the wrong side of the law or anything like that. I think Tiger's going to play Champions Tour. I think so, huh? I do. I just don't know what he's got left in the tank, and I just don't know what incentive well, he card, has to do it. Missing it. And, you know, when you, we t- when you listen to athletes when they're contemplating retirement, their biggest regret is not so much the money because they typically have enough, is they miss that camaraderie. They miss the juice. They miss going to the locker rooms. They miss competing. And, you know, if you're just putting up TGL, TGL events or uh, you're coming up with some junior tour or whatever, I'm not sure that moves Tiger's ultimate pulse. Yeah, but, I mean, does a senior tour event? Well, the, okay. Nicholas swore he would never do it. And he did. Yeah. Trevino went on it. Watson went on it. All these guys that think, you know what, this is, this is tour light. It's, a, it's pretty much an annuity tour. I think you just miss hitting a ball when it kind of means something. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that. I mean, I think we're all to an extent wired that way. I mean, you know, if you have any competitive fire at all. I mean, I, I find it to be more intriguing when I'm playing competitive type golf than mm-hmm. when you're just playing a casual round. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, there's, there's something to be said for that. I, I just don't know if all the travel and all that. I mean, he may play some senior tour events, but it'll be very selective. Of like, I wonder if he'll ones. play the, depending on how his leg feels. I, I'm trying to remember if you can ride a, can you ride in a cart even at a, at a senior open? That I, I don't know. I think so. Because if you can do that, all bets are off. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I think you can. Because if, if you don't have to limit him by his mobility, I think you might be surprised. Especially if, you know, maybe Charlie can caddy for him sometime as a kid. And I don't know. On the other news with Tiger and the other investors is the TGL gets delayed a year because their venue collapsed. Well, it got damaged. Then they collapsed it on purpose because they, they just had to shut it down. They didn't want to keep the uh, bubble going. So they're going to wait a year now. And I was surprised. Maybe you weren't. I thought there were going to be multiple venues because there's leagues all around the country based in cities. 
Right. And I was surprised that it, everything is going to show up in, in one spot. And so now that is dead. Maybe they were going to just see how it went and then construct more venues. Maybe. It wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. I mean, they have some pretty highfalutin investors. But I still, to this, and I've been looking at it because I'm all about people pushing the envelope. Mm-hmm. Does this intrigue you at all? <sighs> you get a cursory look? Or is it going to be like long drive competition? You know? My, my biggest issue is that is most banter by pro golfers is kind of forced. Yeah. And that's kind of part of it. I just, I don't know. I, I, yes, I would give it a look. But, like, if I'm, not, if I'm not actively watching the live tour, which I'm not. No. Where am I going to find time to watch this? Exactly. I just. Uh, Even though it's on a Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday, depending on when football season is. Yeah, I mean, I might, I might get just swim through it just to see, but that might be one. I of doubt the, it's going to be appointment television. That might be one of those. I'll YouTube the highlights, or record it and then just blast through all the <laughs> commercials and just kind know. of the same thing. Yeah, but when Tiger's in the news, it's more news than than not. But uh, him playing next week will be will be interesting. Um, I have to look at some. Odds. I'm sure they'll, they'll. We usually get blasted by those during the week on, mm-hmm. on the different. Uh, what do they call those? Parlay bets or. Uh, yeah, prop bets. Prop bets. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. All right, nine oh six on the little ticket that was brought to you by, Golf Moose. You can go to Golf Moose right now and get a, a discounted round at Tangle Ridge. You can get one at Waters Creek. You can get stay and plays at Horseshoe Bay and Tapatio Springs, and more. Very popular courses showing up this week. So. You need to get uh, some some goodies in the stocking stuffers. Get those because they're usually at least half off. And good on the weekends too. So check it out at golfmoose.com. All right, up next, we have four guys. That we have five guys on this show today. Um, not sure how many are single, but I'm wondering what the single guy does for the holiday season, decoration wise. They call him Razor because he's the sharpest stars analyst around. Daryl Razor Ray, every Friday morning at 855 with the Musers. Brought to you by Low T Center and Sports Radio 967 and 1310 The Tick. Alabama Golf, where Eli was last week. We have the Golfer Passbook and Press Car, where we're at today. Up in Frisco, that would be Volvo, Cadillac, and Infinity. We'll be here to about uh, 10, 27-ish, leading you into SMU football. The old ponies. On the little ticket. 9.30, Eli says he has a story related to one pro golfer who lost not one, not two, but three clubs. And uh, Spieth is taking over for somebody, kind of surprised by this, but before that, before we get into some holiday talk, we have some weather in the forecast. We do. And it looks pretty good. It's going to be 62 today, and then it's going to be in the 50s early in the week, uh, going up to about mid-60s, maybe rain on Thursday. Okay, on December 1st, it's supposed to be 71 degrees. It's the craziest weather ever. All right. So without further ado, sometimes we like to talk things other than golf. And since we're all family connected or know people that are and so on and so forth things come up from time to time 
and I always wonder what the masses think. And this time of year, I always wonder how many single men decorate for the holidays. Okay. They say only four of ten percent, four of ten decorate outside and inside. That's everybody, which I'm kind of amazed about. Um, I got to think. So we talked about this, I think, last year. And Deddy, Jacob Dedimore, said, I'm, I'm single and I decorate. Mm-hmm. Did you decorate before you got married? I was like 50-50. What does that mean? Like some years I would feel motivated to do it and do it. And then other years I would be very busy and have things going on. And then all of a sudden it was a week and a half until Christmas. And I was just like, well, at this point, why bother, you know? So I would guess that since I've lived in the current home that I'm in, I was probably there solo for six or so of the ten years. Uh-huh. Um, probably three of them I probably decorated, and probably three of them I didn't. Interesting. And, yeah. it, and it wasn't because I'm like, you know... Scrooge. Yeah, I just... It would kind of sneak up on me, and I'd just be like, eh, what's the, you know, like, I've got to drag all that stuff out of the shed and put everything up. And, and uh, you know, the tree that we had was kind of a pain since... They are a pain, because every year there's a new surprise. Either the lights don't work, one of the branches is broken. Yeah, you know. the, the one that we have now that uh, my wife bought two years ago, or maybe three years ago... Mm-hmm. It's it couldn't be simpler. It's like pre-lit. And, I mean, it's, it's like just, an umbrella. You it just c- right. It comes in it comes in three sections. You just drop the bottom one on, then the middle one, then the top one, and it's you know you just line up the post where the little mm-hmm, arrows are, mm-hmm. and you plug it in, and you're ready to go. So it took me pff, five minutes to put the tree up this year, and she bought one of these bags that you put it in, like off Amazon, so you're not trying to pack it back into the box. Yeah, that never works. Um, the box, no. The bag works just fine. A lot of duct tape. You need a lot of duct tape. Correct. So, yeah, That's what um, I've learned. Yeah, so no, it, it, it's it's been pretty easy since we got the new tree. But yeah, I mean, she she loves to decorate, so she spent most of yesterday and even some of. I think I put the tree up Tuesday. I think I put it up. Okay. Um, but you decorate or she do it all? She hasn't put the ornaments on it yet. I think she was going to do that today. But she does that. You don't touch that, right? Um, I will help her put the ornaments on. Okay. Um, and I've got another tree that I keep in our entry hall that I'll decorate. I've got. A bunch of uh, bag tags, like from different golf courses, and I'll <laughs> okay. put I'll put them like on a little smaller that's tree. Cool. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's that's kind of. But she decorates the whole interior of the house, and she wants to put some stuff up in the lawn. I would like to put lights on the house, mm. but we have a very steep peak at the top, and I'm just not getting up. There. Yeah, the pitch is too much. No, and I like I would have to get on the roof to do it, and I'm just not gonna. I told her I was like I'm not gonna break my neck. And as you're falling. That's the last thing through your mind before the ground is going to be, yeah. is this the way I wanted to go? Right. Or, or what Bang is, to hype ratio worth it? Right. What is the <laughs> rehab going to be like for this experience? Uh-huh. You know, am I, how long am I going to be down for? So, yeah, we'll put some, probably put lights on the bushes. And she bought some big, like, inflatable Christmas ornaments that she wants to put in the yard. And some of those little deer that light up. Uh-huh. She bought the deer that, that light up the other day. I put them together. And I swear I will never get all of the glitter out of my garage. Ever. Ever. Uh-huh. 
It will be there until the end of time. Like, I was texting her, and I was like, I could strangle you for buying these stupid things. We're going to have glitter in the house for a month. So any of the lights you pull out, do they, do they work from year to year, or do you have to run over to the big box and go replace? <sighs> Uh, they generally work from year to year. I'm not sure how old they are. I think we bought some new lights for the bushes maybe two years ago. So I think they're probably still in good shape. There was a, uh, a family near where I lived, uh, and ironically, they're Jewish. And they used to put out the best. It, it was like, I don't know, it was like going to Disneyland and watching them put together something. They had mechanical uh, mm. decorations, and they had Santa, and they had... It was ridiculous, and they had to you know, warehouse it for the rest of the year, mm-hmm. and then they decided to move, but um, that was really something. Yeah. I guess the part that gets me is I'm single, so I, I always try and figure out, one, it's the peer pressure of on your street. When do people like, you know over half agree that you should uh, decorate after Halloween? I've seen more and more of that over the last couple of years. Where is that just Texas, or is that everywhere? I think it's everywhere. But, I mean, like, I've seen people that are, that are already putting their lights on the house, like, in early November. And I guess if you're, if you're going to go to that much trouble, I guess you want to be able to enjoy it for as long as possible. But it's definitely weird whenever you're still, you're still snacking on leftover Halloween candy and your neighbor mm-hmm. has lights on their house for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like when you drive down the neighborhood on a, on a weekly basis, obviously, and somebody's always mowed the lawn before everybody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, got to get to it. I'm torn. I mean, I'm thinking about getting a small tree. I have a big one up in the attic, but I just don't. It's, it's such a pain. And, and now you're, and you're, you're starting to enter, like, approach that territory of, like, if you wait about another week, then you're like, <laughs> yeah, okay, wait, but, like, why don't, you know. Then wait it's for only the demarcation gonna, point. Then it's only going to be up for, like, two and a half, three weeks. And it's like, was it really worth it to drag it all down? And Or you want to make it a bit. You get a Charlie Brown tree and put one ornament on yeah, it. Yeah, I mean. Uh, the the little, you know, like pencil thin tree that you would get, like if you had a smaller apartment, mm-hmm. those are fine. You know, I just I I feel like going to a lot of effort to decorate if you're single living by yourself. It it just seems like it seems like a lot of work. It does. And well, how about this? You got to be into it. If you're into it, I applaud you. Yeah. But if you're doing it at gunpoint, you, you've got kids. You know, if <laughs> yeah, you're single but absolutely. you have kids, and of course come you're going to decorate, yeah. right? Yeah. But you know, if you're an empty nester like you are, your kids are grown, they're mm-hmm. married, they're off living elsewhere. You know, like they'll probably they'll you'll, come by. You'll, but still. you'll see them, uh-huh. but they're not going to be there for you know the whole time, right? And so I, I don't know. I, I was like fifty fifty with it. Some years I was like, eh, all right, I'll do it, and some years I was like, boy, I just couldn't care any less. I know. So I know. But when did they start putting out Christmas decorations this year? It was it. It was before Halloween, wasn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm talking about the the big boxes. Yeah, probably right around there. I mean, they've got the trees up here at Crest already, and the bows on the cars and everything. And I mean, we're you know, Thanksgiving was two days ago. I wonder if they put these trees up yesterday or if they've been up for a, a little while. Probably a little bit. Right. I was, you know, and I actually looked up because they have bows on all the cars, like you were saying. We're in the Infinity Showroom, mm-hmm. and when they have the commercials every year. On somebody buying their their honey, a brand new car, truck, whatever. Um, so I tried to look it up. How many? What's the percentage of, of people that buy cars just for Christmas? And I couldn't get a definitive answer. Uh, most, I think about ten percent of all cars or vehicles are purchased in December because the end of the year. Yeah, I was gonna say, but I think that's probably more a product of them trying to get rid of inventory so you can get a better deal towards the end of the year, right? So here's the other question. So it's it's a very substantial 
and personal item, right? So do you kind of go on a whim of what your significant other is going to like? Or do they somehow put out a, a pretty definitive list? Because if you come up with the wrong color, you come up with weird, weird interior, I don't know. Or maybe you just go with just kind of a safe bet color. You just go like black, black, black. or white. Yep. You know, like some something that's going to be probably they're going to not complain about. I don't know. I, I just the, – the spouse surprising the other spouse with the $80,000 vehicle for Christmas, mm-hmm. you would think that that's something that you would discuss together if you're going to make a – major, major purchase like that, unless you're just Don't they have that so one? wealthy that it doesn't matter. Don't they have that one where they bought each other one? Or he bought yeah. he bought two of them and she wanted his red one? And Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably so. Or you have the one where, you know, the, the he gives the fiancé or the wife like the cute little puppy with the bow on its head and then... The other one's coming out through the snow. Yeah, and here comes the $80,000 truck mm-hmm. that's just plowing through the snow bank at 80 miles an hour that, like, who's driving that Yeah, who truck? is driving yeah. that? That's what I was that's wondering. A, uh, it's, it's wild. Maybe one of the Huskies? Yes. <laughs> and then when I, the last thing is I always wonder, <clears throat> so when you see a commercial like that, they usually give a client two or three options. What did that be? Right. Yeah. What were the other? How two? How bad were those other two? Yeah. Right. But I guess they. I guess they tug a little bit, and maybe if it if it, if it's worth a guilty uh, a guilty decision. I don't know. I, or just maybe they just have so much money, it doesn't matter. You know. I guess. Must be nice. I guess. All right. Nine twenty-five on the ticket. I don't know if we. I don't know if we uh, solved anything there, but. Um, Do we ever on the T-box? Never. Never. Uh, by the way, if you want to tweet us at the Eli Jordan or at. Arnett Rick. That was brought to you by the greatness of, um, let's see. Hmm. Let's go with uh, United Ag and Turf. Cool. United Ag and Turf. All right, up next. I thought Jordan was trying to take stuff off his plate. He seems to be adding to it. We'll tell you why. You've asked for it. Now you got it. P1's vote for the ticket's White Elephant Day lineup at theticket.com. Brought to you by Advanced Hair Restoration, Reliant Air Conditioning, and Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. Golf moose and Crest Cars. Crestcars.com. Bring you this segment. Uh, go to Golf Moose. they got some sweet deals up there right now. Tango Ridge, Waters Creek, Horseshoe Bay, and Tapatio Springs stay in plays. And some big ones coming up this week as well for your holiday gift giving, even to yourself. 9.50. I don't know why that. I know why the tour does this, but it just seems to have less and less oomph every year. And millionaires just making more millions. But their player impact program awards came out, and the awards were millions and some new uh, player perks that the tour is ramping up too so you think these guys have the life that get their tour cards just got better talk about that at 950 but first before we get to the gentleman the pro golfer last week who <laughs> misplaced not one not two but three clubs misplaced huh? misplaced Oops. in a tree <laughs> let's talk about uh, Jordan Spieth who's been kind of under the radar he's got a new kid um, taking some time off but it came out this week since Rory decided to um, relinquish his spot on the uh, player or the tours policy board. 
Jordan Spieth, who actually held this post uh, for a little bit, he was the chairman back in uh, 18 and 2019-2021 as a player director. So he gets elected. I don't know how much commitment this is, but he's joining Eli. He's joining Tiger, Patrick Cantley, Peter Malnati, Webb Simpson, and Adam Scott. Interesting and mix. Charlie Hoffman, I believe, is also part okay. of this. Interesting but Charlie mix. Hoffman, I think his, his term as the um, – chairman of the player advisory council ends this year so so i guess my question is this when you you know be careful what you ask for uh department what's the upside for these players who are already spread well at least i would say i don't know about tiger um well rory would have been and i guess tiger in a certain way and jordan in a certain way why would they want to go on that do they think that their voice makes that much of a difference, given all the secrets that were withheld when Liv and uh, the PGA Tour were going to merge? Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'd like to be a fly on the wall for a couple of these meetings just to see what kind of discussions they have. Um, I don't know. It just, it's got to be pretty boring, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I, mean, I would think that it'd probably be pretty boring. And especially if whatever you say, let's say you do put in some hard work. And then it finally gets to the people that matter, and they go, yeah, pat you on the head and say, hey, thanks a lot. We're doing it this way. What are they going to do? Are they going to boycott? Yeah. I don't think they're going to go to the live tour. I was just kind of surprised he did it. I mean, I guess there should be um, uh, different levels of players. Should probably have a pretty good superstar in there. Yeah. Although their needs are way different than the guy that's struggling to keep his tour card every year. Right. Yes, that's true, and I, I think that's why you probably have, you know, Spieth and Patrick Cantlay are very opposite personality-wise, it would mm-hmm. seem, but they're also both superstars. Webb Simpson's kind of a journeyman, been around a while, probably has some skins on the wall. Tiger's obviously Tiger. But then you've got a guy like Peter Malnati, who is one of those guys that's a little lower on the money list mm-hmm. every year and probably does appreciate the needs of – the fringe player more so than a guy like Jordan or Tiger, of course, that's won everything there is to win and but has made big, a zillion dollars. Right, but are the, but are the, are the stars of this group, um, are they going to have much, much empathy for the, for the guys on the cusp? I would think so because I think even, even to a certain degree very early on in their careers, Tiger had a lot of success at a very young age, but I still think he probably understands that it's a grind for a lot of guys that, you know, he is very much an outlier from a guy like Peter Malnati or even Charlie Hoffman. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it, it does seem to be a pretty good mix of personalities and levels of success. I just, I just don't know what they really do. I don't either, especially since, again, what kind of came out in the wash was, was when the live and when the guys, uh, Yasser and, uh, and uh, Jay Monahan. We're on CNBC, and they were saying, yeah, we decided to merge, and it was nobody knew. I yes. mean, nobody. Mm-hmm. So if you, why even have a player's board? What's that going to do? Well, and, and, you know, so you've got the six player directors, and then there's also six what they call independent directors, <laughs> which tell me if you've ever heard of any of these people. They get paid. Edward Herlihy, Jimmy Dunn, Mark Flaherty, Joe Gorder, Mary Meeker. Okay, and so John Lindert. So two of those guys in the beginning, those are the guys that spearheaded 
um, starting of, to live. Right. I've heard of Jimmy Dunn. I've heard of Mark Flaherty. The other ones, I, I yeah, I Hurley, he, I think, was in on that too. Couldn't pick him out of a lineup. So they were they their task was to try and come up with something that would thwart the live. I believe, you know, we have almost kind of lost track of it on how this all started, but. Uh, yeah, and, and again, I don't know if they get paid or what they get for it, or is it just because uh, like board of directors get stock usually. Sure, I, I would imagine that probably as a player, your incentive to do this is you're probably looked at as you know more of an ambassador to the game. You probably have a better chance to win. You know, the your email fills up with with complaints. Well, you probably have a better chance to win like player of the year awards and things like that. Mm. If you're part of this committee, I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm not again. I don't really know what they do. I'd have to I'd be curious to see if you could find any sort of minutes that someone had jotted down, like from one of their meetings, just to see what they discuss from and how often do they meet? They meet once a month, once a week, twice a year. How much is the commitment? I mean, is Jordan Spieth having to get on a plane from Dallas and go to wherever to go meet with Well, in this, this day and age, why can't you just zoom it? I, that, they very well may do that, but who knows? I mean, maybe they're old school and like to do their meetings in person. I, I mean, I don't know how this works. be curious to, to know, though. Maybe Jordan, maybe he'll call in. Maybe he's listening. <laughs> call in real quick. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right, another news. Actually, funnier news. I believe you pronounce his name used – Lutein. Okay. Lutein. Used Lutein. And uh, he played in the DP World Championship last week. <clears throat> you know, he's won six times on that tour. Mm-hmm. Who knew it? He's a decent little player, yeah. Yep. So he's on one of the holes, and he's kind of out of it. And um, he hits a bad shot, and he throws at a disgust. He throws his driver, and it gets caught up in a tree. Can't say I've ever done that. Can't say I've ever thrown a club into the water either. I've thrown a ball into the water, but yeah, f- I threw a putter into a pond at Fossil Creek one time. No like kidding. Twenty-five years ago, yeah. Huh. But um, but I've never lost two, then three. You know, he tried to use another. He tried to use another club to, to dislodge the first one. And uh, and then he did it a second time, a third time. It's like, what's his caddy doing at this point? Just take yeah, I, that's that's tough. And then couldn't they have somebody just go up there and get it and bring it to him on the next hole? Depends on what the tree looks like. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you have like a cherry picker that they can wheel out there? And yeah, I don't know. I I, I do have some experience with this. Okay, you, I do do tell. You mentioned this. You know, that you wanted to talk about this during kind of our other news and, you know, little notes segment. I remember one time, and I, I think I was in high school, but I was maybe 14, 15-ish. And I played, and this was at the old Chester W. Ditto, which ah, is now yes. Texas Rangers Golf Club. Yes, we remember it well. And uh, was playing out there with a couple of friends, and we had a buddy that did this. He got mad and threw his club on the tee box, and it got stuck in a tree. And he proceeds to go over there and try and take another club, throw it at that club to try and dislodge it. <laughs> right. It gets stuck. Uh-huh. He goes through his whole bag. No way. 
and then he threw his bag, and it got stuck in the tree. There's no really I'm his not, bag. I am not kidding. His entire bag of clubs was in this tree by the time we were done. Was his bag made out of Velcro? I mean, the tree made out of Velcro or something? What the hell? I, I, he just it, so much for ninety percent air. Stuff kept getting stuck up there, and eventually his whole bag was in the tree. So what happened? Did they somebody go up there and shake it all down? He or? had to try and climb the tree and get up there and start shaking it. And, yeah, eventually he got all of his stuff back, but it was, yeah, a, a real beating. Well, I thought that was real interesting, and they had it all on tape, and you can go catch it on Twitter. And or it's whatever. funny. It is funny, and it's, it's just like he had almost like had mad cow disease at that point. He just lost it. Like any sense of, of reason went out the window. I've, I've kind of given up on the full-blown, like, helicopter velocity throw on golf clubs at this point. Mm-hmm. If I get frustrated, I'll usually just kind of do the overhead kind of tomahawk axe right. handle and just kind of fling it. But not, you know, I don't put a lot behind it because I really don't want to break anything. But I'll give it the kind of just ho-hum frustrated club toss. But. Have you ever s- broken a club? On Me? Purpose? On purpose. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, not I think I've not, ever done that. Like over recently. your knee, but over your knee kind of uh, thing. I broke a, an against entire, a tree. An entire set of wedges over a tree one time, on the same hole. How long ago? Mm, oh, this was last ten, week. Ten years ago, oh. probably <laughs> 10 or fifteen years ago. <laughs> All your wedges, not just one wedge. Yeah. So yeah. you hit three bad shots three, in a row. Three chunks, yeah. <sighs> but I'm, that, that's behind me now. I'm did you put a little? Uh, did you put a little um, memorial there? <laughs> no, I did not. Thank a, you. A memorial. <laughs> no, but I've, 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 we got those irons from Strix on, and I got wedges when we got the irons, and that's been, what, three years, probably mm-hmm. close to three mm-hmm. years ago? Mm-hmm. They're all still intact. I haven't broken any any of them. They've taken good care of them. Usually if I hit a really bad shot, I just – it's one of those, you know, when you, you take one hand off and you just drop your club. You, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Hell there. Yeah, I'll, that, I can that do happens that. occasionally. But I've never snapped a club on purpose. I guess maybe I need to get – more mad or just more I race something yeah, just, or just lose my mind you know you mentioned like the burner phone earlier I think yeah. everybody that like if you run a little hot on the golf course have a burner iron yeah there you like, go. go to like a golf resale shop and just buy like the cheapest like six iron you can find that's how about like, one made out of rubber and, and, and then you could just bend it right know, that comes right back if you want you know that way if you feel the need to snap one you're not snapping one of your gamers just take a take a burner club and it's kind of like when you go to play in the desert. If you've ever played in Scottsdale, I always take like an old seven iron from an old set. If you hit it like off oh, the fairway so into the kitty litter, that yeah, way you don't you're, want to you're stretch not up dest- your club. Right, you're not destroying your good clubs. So that's a good idea. Anytime we've ever gone out there, we always allow for fifteen clubs instead of fourteen in your bag, so you can take a club that you don't mind getting scratched up. Would you rather have an unlimited amount of clubs, or because fourteen is kind of arbitrary? I always wonder if I think you could play better. Sometimes I'll play just as well using an odd number of clubs. Uh, Me- meaning, meaning, you know, three, five, seven, nine, that type yeah, of thing. Half the clubs. I, I do think it definitely um, lends itself to more creativity on the golf Which course. Which I kind of like. Agreed. I'm kind of more on that. I don't know. And if you want to walk more, kind of save some weight. Mm-hmm. There you go. All right. So don't, uh, don't try and dislodge. Well, first of all, don't throw one club into a tree. Bad idea. Yeah, that's a bad start. Because it can spiral out of control quickly. Very much so. But if you're a pro golfer, then you get to you just get them replaced, and you you know mm-hmm. can't do it on during the round though because that's penalties. All right, that was brought to you by the PGA Tour Superstores Crest Cars, where we're at today. Uh, CrestCars.com, Infinity Cadillac, and Volvo, and they have great pre-owned prices, certified pre-owned, so they check it all out. It's almost as good as new. 
And you get up to a, like a 100,000-mile warranty on Infinity. That is some good stuff right there. All right, up next, talk about the rich getting richer. The PIP handed out their awards. And uh, one surprise at the top. We'll talk about that next. Get a rush hour respite on the ticket during Afternoon Drive with Corby Davidson, Bob Sturm, and Dave Lane. Monday afternoon, 3 till 7 on Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. into SMU versus Navy. Mm. We have Rich Phillips and Scott Garner on the call coming up for you here in about eh, 35 minutes or so. And we'll try and handicap uh, at 9 or at 10, 10, we'll try and handicap who might take over for Paul Azinger, if it even matters. Craig Rosengarten. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of things here, Rick. I uh, got a tweet from one Steve Sanders 55. Okay. He says two things when it comes to Christmas lights. One, People started putting up Christmas lights a little bit earlier during COVID because people said that it brought them joy, so they did it a little earlier than normal. Okay. And he also says that the Indian culture, they celebrate Diwali, and they put up lights in late October because Diwali is in mid-November, and then they just leave them up through Christmas. So if you see lights that are up earlier than normal, there's a possibility that they're of Indian descent. I've seen some a brand new uh, like spec homes put up. And they'll put up the lights. They have lights that are built already into the built homes. in. Mm-hmm. I think that's genius. Yes, that way you can just change, and they change colors too. Mm-hmm. They can be white or red or green or blue or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's genius. Absolutely. All right. Before that, this is where under the uh, category of millionaires making more millions, this is all due to the live uh, uh, pilfering of PGA Tour players. The tour decided to award their most high-profile players money for just sticking with the tour. It's pretty much what it is. More or less. It's yeah. an ongoing bribe, right? And the way they do, so the way they look at it is they look at um, what are the let's see <clears throat> you have uh, golf headlines initiated. Uh, you have how much uh, airtime you get on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have Google searches. Social media following. Social I media followings. And engagements, if yes, you will. Yes, yes. So they come up with all this, and it's kind of, it sounds very arbitrary to me. But for the first time, I think this is like the third year they've done it, Rory McIlroy has uh, supplanted Tiger Woods as number one. And they divvied up $100 million for, to, uh, for 20 players. He got $15 million, Tiger got 12 So even Tiger doing nothing. Mm-hmm is still the bar, right? Still the straw. Then John Rahm. I'm trying to look. I'm waiting to come up with something that makes me scratch my head. So John Rahm is third. Makes sense. Jordan, maybe? I would have probably put Jordan behind Scotty. I would think in that regard. I'll get to the numbers here in a second. Then you had Ricky Fowler. Uh, Jordan, I feel like, is is more active on social media is than he? Scotty is. Yeah. I don't see a lot. Only lo- Scotty is. I, I don't see a lot of Twitter or X, whatever the hell it's called. Um, I don't see a lot of X participation or, like, Instagram stuff from Scotty. Jordan does a decent amount of that stuff. Then you have Ricky Fowler, Victor Hovland. I'm surprised. I thought Victor would be higher, but maybe because – let me see. So one, three, seven, and nine were all uh, non-American players, mm-hmm. which I found interesting. Uh, let's see. It's Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas, who made $5 million really doing nothing. 
Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Max Homo, who I thought was going to be higher because he had a really good year. Yes. Um, and he is very social mm-hmm. on the media. Then Xander Shoffley, which is kind of a head-scratcher, except for that really abysmal promotion he did for, I think it was for Callaway or TaylorMade. I don't know. It was like, like the worst red um, ad I'd ever seen, and it went viral for all the wrong reasons. Jason Day, Tony Finau, Colin Morikawa, Matt Fitzpatrick, Wyndham Clark, who pretty much had one event, Cameron Young, who didn't win, Justin Rose, Patrick Kentley, and Brian Hart. Amazing. 20th on that list is Brian Harmon. And mind For you, one event. He won a major, mm-hmm. but he gets $2 million for finishing 20th. I mean, come on. Why are we giving them so much money? Okay, so these are the different categories. You had Google, Nielsen, Meltwater, which is TV sponsor exposure, Mark Fan, which is general population awareness, and then golf fan awareness is the Mark GP. So Rory won. He was perfect in Meltwater. Tiger was perfect in Google searches and general population awareness. And did anybody else get? Scotty Scheffler was number one in TV sponsor exposure. Makes sense. He was on. I mean, he was in just about every uh, leaderboard. Where do you think Brooks Kepka would rank on this list if he were eligible? Okay, I'm going to say he, higher than Wyndham Clark, I'm higher think, than Matt Fitzpatrick. I'm thinking he's probably like top seven, eight. Yeah, he he maybe may higher be than Ricky behind, Fowler. I'm thinking he's probably fourth, just behind Rom. You know what? It's not and, a bad call. And, and you know why? I think a lot of people check out his social media stuff to to check out his scope wife. out his wife. Well, there's that, and he's always got something. He's always got a hot sports opinion on something. No doubt. You know, and whether you agree with her or not, um, used to say if you really want to be great at anything from a, a rating standpoint, over half the people should hate you because the people that hate you will listen or watch you more than the ones that like you. The Howard Stern theory. Yep, exactly it. So I could see that. Could I see uh, Patrick Reed? No, he never. Well, his wife used to post stuff. She was like a bot. She was like a bot. Speaking of burners, yeah, no kidding. Um, but anyway, other than that, I just uh, it's just more money. And, and next year I think they're going to do $50 million for the top ten. Man. I mean, at some point, I guess it keeps guys staying. But if they haven't left yet, why would they? Oh, I have no idea. I mean, if, 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 if they're – you're right. If they haven't gone already, then they're probably around for the long haul unless they just get the Brinks truck like Rom might. I mean, I, I'd be curious to know, like, what – if – how much they would be all in, the Saudis, I mean, mm-hmm. if they were to say, you know what, we want everybody from the top ten on this PIP list. McElroy, Tiger, Rom, Spieth, Scheffler, Fowler, Hovland, Thomas, Fleetwood, Max Homa. We want all ten. How much are they willing to pony up for all of them? Well, I always thought that that was the main reason, that was the, that was the, uh, the unveiled secret on who the live, player, uh, the live should go after. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Right? I mean, the, yeah, you're the tour kind of did that. You're giving them a list of their most viewed players. So one Nick Lashley, who's ranked 187th in the world, there's always going to be somebody that doesn't like this, um, says that uh, how many golf fans actually know what the PIP on the PGA Tour is? I would love to hear from golf fans if they think this $100 million was spent well. There's 150, 200 members of the PGA Tour, and they just spent $100 million on 20 players. Seems a little ridiculous. Time for new leadership on the PGA Tour, and nobody will listen to that. 
because he doesn't move the needle. No. He's the 187th ranked player in the world. He finished 96 in the Fed up mm-hmm. FedEx Cup standings. Yeah. So, enough said for that, and that's just, uh, that's just uh, spoiled graves. Okay, so the PGA Tour is also, also adding some incentives for more player perks. So think about all the things you get as a full-fledged PGA Tour member. You usually get courtesy car. You get discounts. You get free tickets to sporting events near you. You get, you know, and again, it depends on how, how high you are on the, uh, on the exposure meter. Yeah, for sure. But one John Rahm who one of his, <laughs> I don't know if this was going to make him go to live or not, um, he was complaining that they didn't have enough uh, porta potties on the golf course for the players. He only had one for every, I don't know, eight, nine holes. And, mm-hmm. and so they have made that uh, change, and now it's going to be a minimum of four relief stations per nine holes. So you almost one every other hole, which why wouldn't you? As, as someone who has <laughs> the bladder of a three or 4,000-year-old man, and a whole I, gallery's uh, not watching you? I, I, uh, I support this. I, I think that we are under-bathroomed on golf courses. And if you find, for example, when I was in Alabama last week, there were a couple of rounds where I was playing with two females mm-hmm. that were in our group. And, you know, as a guy, you can just kind of find a tree more often than not. If you've got to go, if you're on a golf course, yep. you're like, okay, I'll just kind of just kind of tuck myself back One into of the, the woods here. Uh-huh. But if you're playing with two ladies – you don't want to do that because it's, you know. It's a little rough. Yeah. So And they can't do it. And when you're up in the morning, and I like to drink what's called Spark in the morning. It's yeah. like powdered stuff, you know. It's yeah. like energy boost. Juice. And so I'll drink one of those. What well, makes me have to pee mm. so bad. And I would have one of these before we get out on the golf course. Well, like the third or fourth hole, I'm like, dude, I'm like, I have got to yep. go. And it's hard to find bathrooms, you know. And I get it. Like, porta-potties don't look they don't look nice. On but a you nice can put them course. to the side and the back. You, mean, you can put them pretty much where you would be going anyway. Yeah, but if you're having to wait, you know, until you see, see the, the one lone halfway house at nine, you can find yourself in a compromising position pretty quick. They're also, I saw this at the Ryder Cup. They had private bathrooms for the players and any of the uh, uh, following family members or whatever. Mm-hmm. You would be at, on, the, on the back of the green somewhere. So they had that. Every, every uh, tour... It, every tournament is going to get a courtesy car program. I didn't know that. I didn't know that, uh, and I don't think that that doesn't count for Corn Ferry, obviously. But I'm just thinking. I thought almost every tournament had that. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't I would have thought that. all of them did. Yeah. yeah. Um, they're going to have detailed. Which I don't know what this means. More detailed caddy dining programs. Goes a long way with loopers who usually don't get fed the same. I never understood that the caddies. They're part of a team everywhere, but in a clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Why they can't go? It's pretty wild, isn't it? Honestly, I mean, it's it. They're a team. It's not like there's some interloper that's trying to, you know, go in the locker room or something. Mm-hmm. They're with that player twenty four seven. Well, while they're on the course, except in the clubhouse. Yeah, I never understood that uh, that separation of uh, church and state. Um, they're gonna have access to player dining for player support teams, except caddies. So support teams, trainer. Agent, swing guru, massagist, yeah. therapist, whatever. Sports psychologist. Mm-hmm. Complimentary dry cleaning or laundry services for players and cats. That'll help Jordan. He's all often got the wrinkle shirt going. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, Jordan definitely has wrinkle shirt affliction. Complimentary picture yardage book with an option for a complimentary standard book if preferred for both players and caddies. They used to have to pay for those. 
think they were like 15, 25 bucks, something like that. Well, don't worry. They're Brian Harmon's got two million extra dollars. He'll be all right. And healthier dining options. Hmm. I don't. Again, it's good to be a, a, a guy who can make a serious uh, living playing golf. Yeah. Not much want for too much. No. Nope. Right? All right. T- 10.05 on the TIG. We got one more second left. Uh, one more segment left. And that was, again, brought to you by Crest Cars because that's where we're at today. Infinity Cadillac and Volvo. Uh, right on uh, the 120th and the tollway. Got some good breakfast up here oh, as well today. Very good <laughs> from... Let me get this one right because they're new. They've only been here a couple of weeks. A Lab 23 Kitchen. And he said they've got uh, catering uh, spots available if you're looking for a holiday party, whatnot. Looks pretty sweet. Yeah, hit him up. Looks pretty sweet. We'll get your catering taken care of for your holiday party. All right, up next, big change in one of the booths. How much does it really matter? We'll see if we can handicap that field, too. Uh, up next on the ticket. Robert Wolonski and David Moore host Intentional Grounding every Wednesday night at 7. One hour of hot Cowboys opinions and analysis, interviews, and what sometimes passes for semi-intelligent football discussions. Brought to you by Wild Fork Foods, Blaze Pizza, and Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket. All right. It's about 10.13 on the little ticket. Good Saturday morning to you, every may be. Hope you're taking advantage of Extended Black Friday um, deals, which morphs into Cyber Monday, which I <laughs> that's the difference. Everybody buys stuff online anyway. Did you yeah. uh, make any major purchases yesterday? I made a couple. Did you? Made a couple. Yeah, you can save some money, but it's, you better know what you're looking for. Better know. All right. Um, we'll take you into SMU football here in just a little bit. It's brought to you by the Avigolfer Passbook. This is the last weekend uh that you can get the Avigolfer Passbook at the lowest rates ever, only $38.95, over $850 worth of savings. Comes with a couple dozen golf balls, too. Can, yep. So check it all out at myavidgolfer.com. All right, so what was the – I didn't talk to you last week. Uh, what was your first knee-jerk reaction when you read that Paul Azinger got – bounced oh i mean i i don't really think there was much of a reaction i mean i like zinger just as much as the next guy but i don't really feel like this impacts my golf watching experience all that much so the next question would be would anybody would anybody impact it yeah if like they, if they left in. like do you tune in for to football games based on who's announcing it I mean, I have my preferences, but no, I wouldn't say that I'd, I'd tune. I mean, if it's on, I'm... If it's a good game, it doesn't matter, correct. right? That's exactly right. I mean, I don't, I don't particularly love Romo and Nance, Nance together, um, but, I, but if it's a good game, I'm going to watch it. And, you know, I mean, I, I think Burkhardt and Olsen do just a fine job, too. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, whatever. It, it, it doesn't really impact my viewing habits one way or another. Did you see last Monday night's game, Chiefs and... Uh, and- Eagles is the highest-rated Monday night football game in three years. Yeah, and the Cowboys-Commanders game was the third-highest-watched mm-hmm. yeah. regular season game ever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like 42 million people or something <laughs> watched it. Gosh. Yeah, good times. It's a juggernaut, man. Good times. All right. So the next question is, who does NBC get? Now, one thing that NBC is doing, they're part of Comcast, who seems like they're cutting budgets everywhere. They've kind of closed down the, the golf channel studios in uh, Orlando they moved it up to Bristol or somewhere up there and they're kind of going on the cheap so the question is 
do they go after anybody that that you would think would move the needle, replace Azinger? I didn't mind Azinger. I thought I thought he kind of started phoning it in in the latter years. I don't know. He just seemed like he was kind of just throwing out generic sports opinion guy stuff. I wonder how much of that is dissatisfaction with his agreement. You know, I mean, I, I think to a certain point. Yeah, he, said, you, he said he didn't want to take the pay cut. If, if you feel like you're not being compensated fairly for what you're doing, I think even if it's subconscious, I think there are times where you don't maybe give it your all because you're upset with what's going on financially. Okay. No, I get that. But they didn't seem to have a problem with saying, okay, see you later. Well, I mean, I think because at the end of the day, I think you can probably find somebody that gives you about what Paul Easinger gives you, which is, you so, know, very generic analyst work. So NBC has the Hero World Challenge this coming week with Tiger and his tournament, and Kurt Byram is going to do that. He's usually doing uh, Thursday, Friday on NBC. Mm-hmm. Um, not bad. No. I mean, but again, I'm not sure unless – did you like Johnny Miller? Indifferent. Really? Yeah. He was, okay. I kind of liked him until he, I think he started being his own bit. He was a little pompous, but. Yeah. So, so you, got, uh, you got these guys. And, and one of the criteria seems to be, and I'm not sure if it's, it's worth it, is you have to be a major winner, allegedly. Should that matter? I think Frank Nobolo is really good. He never won a major. I agree. Yeah. Roger Malpe's good. He never won a major. Mm-hmm. So I, but if you're looking under, under that context, then you got David Duvall. Yes. He did well on the Golf Channel. Mm-hmm. And then he left because I think he was starting to play more Champions Tour events. He <laughs> wasn't doing very well. No. But that's a guy. Yeah, Brad Faxon. He's already on the team. He has never, um, he's never won a major. Peter Jacobson's never won a major. I, you know. <laughs> Chambly is that name's been floated out there. So Brandel Chambly, I get the feeling he'd be better. He's better in the studio because he's all about stats and he can do a lot of research. And tend to agree. Yeah, I, I don't know if he. I've heard him. They they let him go out a couple times a year. Not the same. Not the same. I think he's a guy likes to pour over stats and everything and come up with a come up with a hard take. And whether you like him or not, agree with him or not, at least he did his homework to try and support his stance. Yeah. Right, I saw Camilo Bijegas uh, two, three weeks ago before he got hot and came in second and first. Um, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, Paige Spiernak put her name in. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening. No. I just. What about Mickelson? He would be my front runner if he hadn't burned every bridge in the world. Totally agree. How about Charles Barkley? That do anything for you? Okay. That's that's another name that's been, I mean, I think kind of in jest floated out there, but. All right, so let me ask you. So when he's doing the match and he's doing all these pay-per-view TV kind of stuff uh, for golf, he's fun, but I I want somebody, when there's a difficult shot, I kind of want to know what that player's under. Not to, yeah. you know, know what I do. I, you know, drop kick it across the green and. Barkley, I just don't think, has the actual playing chops to contribute to being an analyst at that level where he's potentially going to be doing a Ryder Cup or a U.S. Open. Well, or, it's just, you it, know. it'd be the same thing. You wouldn't put Tiger on an NBA telecast. No. No. There has to be not. some credibility, some experience. Yeah. Tiger would be really good. I've heard him before, 
and mm-hmm. he's pretty decent. But, again, I don't think he wants to be tied down to any one thing mm-hmm. for any length of time. No. I, I think probably the leader in the clubhouse is probably Duvall. He, I think, checks all the boxes, and I think he's he's a solid enough broadcaster. That, that's probably who, if it were me making the decision, it's probably who I'm going with. But I got another option, and I like him a lot. Craig Rosengarten. No. No, we want to keep him on the tee box. We don't want him going around the country. You don't think he needs to go national? I think it covers two things. No, it only covers one thing. He's got a good accent. But I don't think he's ever won a major. Paul McGinley. He's already in the NBC uh, family. Mm-hmm. He does the Golf Channel. Pretty good. And he's got Ryder Cup experience. And yeah. He has no problem saying what's on his mind. But to your point, we brought up guys, and we're not outside of Mickelson who would have been fantastic. Uh, he probably could have asked for whatever. And he would probably have been really good with Nance. I mean, Trevor Immelman isn't bad. But he's not, he's not I must watch him. No, I, I don't think anybody that we just listed, and I, I'll, I'll even throw Mickelson in with there. I don't think that any of, any of the names we've mentioned are going to impact my golf viewing experience. I th- I'm kind of with you on that. And as much as I like to follow the media and see who's doing well and who's messing up and – and who's going up the leaderboard and who's falling down. Um, I, and I don't even know how much Dan Hicks has a say in this. Should they replace him? Yeah. You know, put a whole new crew in there. Put a younger, kind of hipper crew. I mean, I mean, gosh, I don't know. Do you put something that's as uh, reverent as one of the podcasters? You know, that just. I just don't feel like they're well enough known. I mean, you're going to maybe uh, – some of the younger contingents going to know them, but I don't think they consume golf the way that we consume golf. I don't think that anyone that's going to know who Riggs or Fat yeah. Perez or like one of those guys <laughs> from, Perez. you know, the barstool guys, I don't right. think anybody that knows who they are up, are whatever. sitting around watching golf every Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I mean, now you might have a few people that say, oh, well, yeah, I'll definitely start watching the PGA, you know, on NBC now because Fat Perez is their analyst. But it's very few and far between. I think my bigger question is, if, since NBC is uh, – they broadcast less, than, less events than it, CBS. Mm-hmm. They spend less money than CBS. At what point are you cheapening the product so much that it doesn't matter because maybe you're not getting a shot, top tracer on every hole, on every shot? Um, those are the things that drive me crazy. Are the things yeah. that add to my viewing enjoyment, not necessarily my listening enjoyment. Yeah, it's I, a different I, media. I agree. Yes, hundred percent. So more of that. More I mean, tech. More often than not, if I am watching golf on a Sunday, I usually have my Sunday morning game, and we will try and play earlier than nine o'clock. We'll put mm-hmm. seven between seven and nine. That way, we are finished noonish or so, and we can go somewhere and have lunch and have drinks and watch the golf. And usually I'm not listening to the sound anyway. I'm just listening to the picture mm-hmm. or watching the picture and not listening, caption yeah, listening to the sound because we're usually at a sports bar of some kind. And so for me, it, it's not going to impact my golf watching experience. And if I am watching it at home, yes, I will have the volume up, but it's oftentimes just kind of background noise. I don't pay a lot of attention to – the broadcasters when it comes to golf. Football, totally different. Baseball, totally different. Like golf, I don't feel like I – I feel like I know enough about the game to where I really don't need to hear what 
any of them have to say. Yeah. How about the on-course reporters like uh, Colt Nose, John Wood? I think I, they're great. I mean, I think they I think they kind of give the essence of what they're the guys facing. Sure, and, yeah. and they they add a little bit to the broadcast. But like you said, with like all the top tracer now, and I mean, you've got these heat maps that they superimpose over the greens, mm-hmm. and so even some of that stuff isn't as necessary as it was twenty years ago, where. You'd have to have the, you know, Dottie Peppers of the world or Colton Nose to, all right, well, this one's going to break about a foot from right to left. Well, now they just show you, you mm-hmm. know, before they ever have a chance to, to tell you what's going on. And the top tracer, again, 10, 15 years ago, the on-course guy, well, this one's leaking a little bit left, and it's going to end up in that front bunker, I think. Well, now you know where it's going because you see it on the TV before they even have a chance to comment on it. That is true. So That is true. So, I, yeah, I don't know either. I, um, it'll be interesting to see who they wind up with. It'll, I'm sure it'll be a cost-cutting feature where somebody will take it. They'll be, they'll be glad to take it. Yeah. And they'll spin it like this was our first choice all along mm-hmm. and, and whatever. And, and bottom line is you'll get used to it. Yeah. You know, unless they really suck. And they, like, you know, I, I don't know if Romo's been getting better or not. I haven't really paid a lot of attention to his broadcast. Uh, he, sound, he sounds a little crisper to me this year. A little more prepared, not, yeah, not off bit. the cuff as much. A little bit. Because I'm sure a lot of that criticism stung, or at least the executives told him. I, you know, you know, you've got a guaranteed, guaranteed contract, I'll play up to it, mm-hmm. you know. But I just don't know. When it, you know they've been, they always show the old Madden and, and Summerall broadcast. You know, they harken back to the day. That was good stuff. That, yeah. It felt like, and, and the Monday Night Football crew, the original. That was something that was that made the event even bigger. Yes, but since then, as good as I, as much as I like Joe Buck and uh, and Troy, um, they're stuck with Monday Night Football. They get whatever they get. They used to get the the best game of the weekend if it was a Fox game. Mm-hmm. Now they're it's kind of like Thursday Night Football again with uh, Al Michaels. He's lamenting the fact he gets nothing. Yeah, you know, and he's and he's trying to outside of betting like crazy because you can always tell when he's got something on the line depending on when a field goal is missed or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like Buck and Aikman are the, the gold standard as far as broadcast crews when it comes to pro sports these days. Surprised they've been on for, what, 23 years? 20 years? Yeah, Aikman, this is, yeah, he's 20, 21 crazy? years, I think. It was like 2001 or so, 2000, yeah, a couple, 20, over 20 years. Never would have guessed that. No. And, and he's still a relatively young man, too. That's the thing, is he's not, you know, like 57, 70. You no. know, you'd think as long as he's been doing it that he'd be getting up there. But he's still, you know, he's still pretty young. Well, he and Buck are still young. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're, and they're probably rejoined at the hip till they decide not to. I like Aikman, man. I think he's a really, really good analyst. And, and you know, Buck takes it in the shorts quite a bit. But, I mean, you know what I would argue – Go listen to what we got in the World Series this year, where mm-hmm. John Smoltz was just absolutely insufferable. And, yeah, even and, if you weren't a Ranger fan, right? And, and tell <laughs> tell me how much you dislike Buck after listening to that for you know four weeks. So I don't know. I, I think uh, I, I think when it comes to golf, it's it, it matters less than it does with other sports. So I don't think it's going to impact how I watch. I would give agree. me David Duvall. I would agree. All right. That put me pretty much puts a capper on this show uh, as we lead you into SMU football. Ponies. Uh, thanks to Michael Corkum for engineering expertly. Also, E.A. Azad, punching all the right buttons. And E-A. Dylan Reed doing those tickers twice an hour. Thanks to PGA Tour Superstores for sponsoring the show. Don't forget, 50 off 250. Go to any one of the stores. Mention T-Box. And you get that discount. Also, Crest Cars, CrestCars.com, Infinity, Cadillac, and Volvo. 
And uh, don't forget the Avid Golfer Passbook. Go to myavidgolfer.com and then Dallas Golf Expo, dallasgolfexpo.com. Yes. Eli, thanks much. Of course. Happy Thanksgiving. Yes. I'll see you on Monday. And uh, y'all have a great weekend. And uh, get ready for SMU football. Broadcasting live from the TXU Energy Mothership at Victory Park, hard by the AAC. This is Sports Radio 96.7 and 